Nation. L-A-W Nation. Really appreciate everybody for tuning in. Thank you all for being part of the nation. Uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you want to have more information from me as well as the notification squad. There's a bell if you're on the YouTube page. Just pluck it for me and uh, you'll get uh, unbelievable good luck too. Uh, with that being said, we are in a, a terrible time right now in this nation. We are in a hard situation, whereas a lot of times we don't know where we're going. We don't. We, we don't know what to feel like, you know. And I think we can utilize football or sports in general to unify uh, this situation, although it's a very grim situation. And, and for those who don't know, uh, just turn on your TV. You, you will see what's going on with throughout this country and, um, and, and the situation at hand on how bad this look as other nations are looking at the United States of America, whereas the name at times uh, does not unify the words or, or not uh, putting things in the right places. Nevertheless, you guys got me, baby. And uh, we may not look the same. We may not talk the same. You may not can grow facial hair. But baby, at the end of the day, I love you. L-O-V-E, you all, down to the deep parts of my heart, you know. And uh, I want the best for everybody. I want everybody to live long. I want everybody to uh, see us, you know, be successful. Uh, the smaller things in life, uh, uh, I, I recall... <clears throat> liking the fact that when my daughter was able to walk you know that was a wonderful uh experience for me and i want you guys to have the same whether it be um you know <laughs> uh, i never forget when my daughter say dad i gotta go potty and when she's able to be that by herself you know that's amazing that's an amazing thing so i want everybody although we look different we still have the same goals if that make any sense right um, let me give a shout out to those that's in the chat box. I really appreciate you all. Um, who's this over here? The first person, T Smooth TV. Woo! Shout out to you, man. One of the first people that's over here, Joseph Ventura. Really appreciate you. Thank you so much for being part of this thing, Lance Bell. Yes. Shout out to you. Uh, who else we have? Regina. Thank you for tuning in to the nation, Cindy. You know I love you, Cindy. Really appreciate you as well. Don't forget about this. The phone lines will be open uh, today. Uh, the phone lines, we will be talking about uh, what's going on in this world, what's going on in this mind, uh, what's going on with uh, the Cowboys, what should we do uh, with the Dak Prescott situation. It's not like it's going to come out of our pockets, right? <laughs> At the end of the day, this bag, <laughs> we're not going to give it to them, right? The Cowboys are not going to give it to them as it relates to uh, the, our pockets. You know, we we only want the Cowboys to be successful because of the things that we root for. Right. Because of the things that we want to see as it relates to the Dallas Cowboys being a, a I guess, a staple piece. Some people want to do it and some people want to see it for the simple fact 
that their father might have rooted for the Cowboys or that their mom might have rooted for the Cowboys. Or <laughs> some people want the Cowboys to win because they want to have bragging rights, right? They want to walk around and say, hey, this is the reason why I root for this team because in the 70s or in the 90s or in the early 2000s or mid-2000s, this was the team that I rooted for and these sort of things. Nevertheless, uh, football is an ultimate let me repeat, an ultimate uh, team sport is not one individual that, that, that brings the team to win. But I do know that people will look at it only on one side of the coin and say, well, yes, it is law. You know, it's one person that makes this team go. Nevertheless, let, let's tune in to uh, 105.3 Defense. If Todd France thinks he's going to get near that. Let me see. And go. Dak Prescott. Good morning, Metroplex. Sean and RJ on your home of America's RJ. team. And on the line right now, Radio.com Sports NFL Insider Michael Lombardi. Insider calls are brought to you by the Dell Technology Small Business Pod for His podcast series available on Radio.com forward slash Dell. Uh, Michael, we'll ask you that question to start off. Was yesterday's news that Mahomes is negotiating with the Chiefs Bad news for Jerry and Stephen Jones. Well, I don't think so. I mean, look, let's face it. Everybody knows Patrick Mahomes is going to be the highest-paid player in the National Football League. He's going to set the bar. And if, if Todd France thinks he's going to get near that bar, he's going to wait a long time. And yeah. so I think that the Sean Watson contact is also in play here. I think what's going on is it's a trifecta, right? So you've got Mahomes needs a deal. Watson's going to get a new deal. They all have different agents. And the agents play the competitive game as well, right? They, they don't want to do a deal. Todd Francis wants to do a deal for Dak Prescott that two weeks later get, looks a lot less than the deal he just, that he just did. So there's a little bit of that in, in play. Yeah, before we go into more details of everything, we know that uh, when you start talking about contracts in general, contracts are always a fickle process. One can argue and say, well, Dak Prescott, he can't hold a candle to Pat Mahomes, right? And the other person can say, well, if you look at the stats and the statistics of everything, basically Dak Prescott's stats are a little bit better than Deshaun Watson at least. So there's the uh, where where can we find that middle ground? And everybody know when you throw dirt, you lose your ground, right? You lose your stance. So earlier this week, I think the first fake and the undisputed, uh, all of those uh, was all those talking heads had something to say. Well, Jerry Wayne is mad at Dak Prescott camp. Let me repeat this right quick. Jerry is in the business of building. Not just the Dallas Cowboys, but if you look around, if you, if you so happen to come down here and just start in Frisco, just, just drive up to Frisco. Somebody once told me, because I'm not from Dallas, I'm not from Texas, I'm from Mississippi. Somebody told me, and let me know in the chat, because I want to know you guys' thoughts on this, because I'm not a Texas native. Although I root for Texas real hard, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Somebody told me about 15 years ago, Plano was just like a speck on the map. Can, can somebody confirm that to me? 
Somebody told me 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, people didn't even know Plano exist almost. The Frisco area, none of that place, none of those areas was really prominent. It, it might have had some trees in here and, and things like that, but it didn't look like it is today. Can somebody confirm to me, you know, if, if that was the situation, if that was the scenario out there in Plano land? Let me know. <clears throat> Let me know, because because I'm not from this area. I'm not from Dallas and I'm not from the Plano area. I'm not from um, Addison and all of those areas up north and Allen, Texas and all those things. So um, <clears throat> true. Plano was nothing. This is a just a big loser. Shout out to you, man. Shout out to you, man, for putting that out there. Um, let me see who else on my uh, Facebook panel, man. Really appreciate you, Javier. I think that's how you say your name. Uh, true. Okay. So Plano was a cow pasture. Okay. This is from Stephen Barber. So Jerry Jones is about building when he's gone, you know, when he's dead and gone, you know, his legacy will live forever. And, and hopefully it's no time soon, you know, don't want to speak ill will on one of the greatest owners of all time. But what I'm trying to lament to everybody is this right here. Jerry thinks five, 10 years ahead of most people. Jerry is building and the media is trying to grab hold to what he's thinking. And that is where we going from here. If you look at the title of this episode, it says, where do we go from here? Jerry looks at Dak Prescott as if he is his son. You know what I'm saying? He said that. I, I love him like he's my son. Matter of fact, I put him up there in the family. <laughs> but he's still a salesman at heart. You know, at heart. You got to say it like that. So what I'm trying to say to everybody is that, yes, it looks murky. Yes, it looks crazy. Yes, the love affair for Tony Romo will always be in the air. And yes, the love affair for Jason Garrett will always be in the air. Nevertheless, this contract situation is is what it is. Trust me, they probably already met up with each other and said, you know what? I got the deal for you, but can we stretch this thing out? Remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, I said, did you guys watch that movie Money Talk? Chris uh, Tucker played in that movie and uh, and Charlie Sheen played in that movie. And Chris Tucker uh, supposedly got caught up with some bad stuff and uh, he got arrested, what have you. But it, they just so happened to put him in the same room with this mob, mafia guy, whatever, you know. And to make a long story short, they broke out of this uh, prison cell or what have you, broke out for this, uh, this, this bus trip to another prison. And he was attached to one another. This is the long end of the movie because it's a really good movie, Money Talk, you know. Uh, they don't make movies like that anymore. You know, some good wholesome movies where you got the, you know, good versus the bad. And, you know, you know it's, it's a story of a different day. Nevertheless, what happened was Charlie Sheen, he broke up free and then he got up with Charlie Sheen. And Charlie Sheen was like, he was at, at the uh, bad end of the news cycle. And he wanted to preserve him to that Monday, opposed to turning turning chris tucker and whatever his name was in the in the movie there and on that friday so he had to spend a weekend with charlie sheen this seems like a similar situation whereas they trying to wait for a grand opening they trying to wait for the deal is or the uh or the uh the worst part of the news in order to get this stuff out and law 
Do you have any um, reference on that? Do you have any historical data on that? Oh, what happened to D-Law's contract? How long was that drawn up? Oh, didn't, uh, you know, your boy had to go through the same thing, Ezekiel Elliott, for them to ultimately pay him anyway? Couldn't they pay him before he was having all of this combo land stuff going on? Didn't Jerry Wayne Jones himself sold Zeke who t-shirts? <laughs> Y'all let me know. The people that's crying about this, Jerry Jones made more money off of Zeke who t-shirts than probably you made in your entire life. That's the craziest thing of it all. Michael, is there a point here where the Cowboys say, you know what, Dak, enough is enough. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we've tried to offer you 35. Maybe we're offering you 37. But if this thing gets into the 40s, you're not that good. You're not a great or elite quarterback. I know we need a quarterback, but we may just have to say goodbye. Is there a point where that happens, Mike? Well, I, I think it is. And I think here you have to kind of ponder this a little bit. So we're going to have football this year, we hope, right? Yeah. We're not going to have fans. I wrote about this for the Athletic today, and I think this affects Dak Prescott tremendously. I think. Well, let me pause him right quick because he said we are not going to have fans. Um, for those who are out there, <clears throat> they're looting right now. You know, they're ripping down, they're tearing down. Uh, organi- the organizations are are, are maskly worrying about how can we get back to our good graces? Look, this is down here in Deep Ellum. They just ramshacked that entire area. Now, this is, of course, because of another reason, but I have to bring to attention for those who thinking that there's going to be a football game where it's fans, the, the crazed fans that we are throughout the entire United States of America. They think that people are just going to sit back and not get into that game, not march and go through those stadium doors to see their team play. Come on, man. I got another <laughs> I got another thing to sell to you. And there's a moon made of cheese. I got land. I'm talking about prime real estate land in Florida. If you believe that a hundred and ten thousand people or whoever that that goes to these games out here in Dallas out there in Arlington, if a Dallas Cowboys playing whoever, the 49ers per se, you think that we're just going to sit back and say, okay, we're just going to watch the game on TV when you see and you can hear the noise going on at the football game? Let me know if I'm lying, Cowboy Nation. Let me know if I'm lying because I believe that people will still find ways to bombard and get into those games regardless of how you how you think of it. And I don't think – that the policing will have the, uh, I guess, the, the gumption to be able to withstand, withstand 110,000 people. Arlington itself, when you, when you go down there to Arlington, <laughs> just to be real with you guys, it's, the city itself can't really obtain all of the people that's there. Can you imagine 110 people tailgating? <laughs> Now, Jerry, Jerry is a wonderful salesman, but I have to say this. Arlington, I'm not from the area, but I can tell you the people that's from Arlington, they hate and they can't stand those high taxes out there. Oh, my goodness. Property taxes are off the roof. 
and you bring in all of the traffic because you got six flags out there. You got two. Well, you got a baseball stadium out there. You got a baseball team that's out there collectively speaking. And you have the Dallas Cowboys. It's a mess out there. Let me know if I'm lying. Let me know. Have you ever got stuck out there in Arlington? <laughs> it, it's been times. Whereas the game is at three o'clock. You can try to leave and you won't be at home until 11. It's time where you can just sit there and say, uh, you know, the game out here in Arlington, I'm just going to chill and just and just just stay at, at Texas Live because it's just crazy for me to try to get all the way up north to Plano or me to get all the way up north to Allen because of the traffic situation. And don't let don't don't let somebody get into a fender bender. I think it affects every team tremendously. So mm-hmm. we're not going to have fans. The owners are saying that could be a half a billion dollar loss to them. Now, the owners are not acting in this game alone. They're partners with the players. So the cap next year could easily be $25, 30000000 less than it is currently right now because we're going to have to take the half a billion revenue that's not coming in out. So how does that work? How is that going to work? You know, how is that going to play to these cap numbers? The Cowboys, if you look at next year's cap, they have $35 million available to them right now. And if the cap goes down, that becomes a problem. So... There's a lot of teams that have to really weigh their odds, weigh what they're doing, and see how it actually plays out. Because if at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the cap will go down next year. No one's talking about it, but it will. Does another team, other than the Cowboys, if Dak Prescott hits free agency, do you think someone pays him thirty-seven to forty million dollars, or do you think we value him more here? Um, with the Cowboys than other markets and other cities? Well, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you a question first. Would you trade Dak Prescott for Russell Wilson? <laughs> yes. Okay, Russell Wilson's at 35. Why am I going to pay Dak more than Russell Wilson? I mean, why would I do that? Why would I do that? I mean, Todd Francis playing the game that he knows he's getting more money. He knows his player isn't in the same conversation as Watson and, uh, and Mahomes. He knows this. But yet he can, he can get his leverage up by being in the conversation, by pretending he's in there. He's not better than Russell Wilson. You would not. There's no way. Seattle would hang up the phone and say, no way. So the reality of it is, is he's benefiting by the market. And if the market next year goes down by the cap number, then all of a sudden people's appetite to pay Dak Prescott $40 million become a lot less because they've got cap concerns. All right, so I got to pause him right quick on uh, this right here. <clears throat> Dak Prescott versus a a, a Russell Wilson uh, is subjective. And I, I know that a lot of people will say, nah, law, Russell Wilson got him a Super Bowl ring. Are you comparing today's Dak to today's Russell, or are you comparing the same growth patterns of a Russell Wilson to a Dak Prescott. And I know I'm going to get a lot of hate mail. Nevertheless, if we were to go back into time, if there was a certain time capsule that we can go back to and I show you guys line by line, Dak Prescott versus a Russell uh, for the first three years. What if I told you like Ripley's believe it or not that Dak Prescott stat Trump a Russell Wilson. And in light of that, Russell Wilson had the legion of boom. If you were to just insert Dak Prescott into the legion of boom era, would the 
Seattle Sea Chickens, oh, I'm sorry, Seattle Seahawks, would they would have still won a Super Bowl? Let me know. I, I'm, I'm eager to know your thoughts. I'm eager to know your opinions on this. I know that a lot of people are going to only say, well, Law, you, you're speaking from the ramifications of Cowboys land or from Cowboys mind. But no, I'm speaking from this right here is that we had Jason Garrett. You know, you got to spread out the Jason Garrett. But they had another coach who's more proven than a Jason Garrett. And on top of that, that Prescott stats trumps <laughs> uh, the, the Russell Wilson's of the world. Now, I do know I do know that Russell himself is is a very methodical goes through his progressions right, got a quick release of the ball or what have you. Sometimes he may he may have to get out on a roll or what have you. But I just look at it like both guys are star and dynamic. But I think that Dak Prescott, from the curve aspect, have a faster learning curve than a Russell Wilson. Let me read some of your comments because I know a lot of people would be like, nah, dog, that's Russell, man. That's Russell. And I can pull up the uh, I can go to pro football reference and I can pull up the side by side. But sometimes people will still say water is not wet. Water can be all over them. They say, nah, dog, it's still the Sahara Desert out here, man. You're not spitting facts at this. You, you lying to kick it, law. <laughs> but you know how it goes with us, you know, and, and I love you guys, man. Um, yes, they would have still won. Think about it. Dak Prescott. Beast mode, the, le- the, 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 the Legion of Boom or what have you. It would have been crazy. And on top of that, Russell is good and all, but Dak is bigger. <laughs> Physical. Oh, my goodness. But I know people are going to be like, nah, dog. Nah, dog. Uh, a lot of things that can pull that apart would be, I think, in 2015. Hear me out. And I know I'm long-winded. I know a lot of people say, Law, you be long-winded. Get to the point, baby. But but, but but just let it marinate. This is good stuff. You know, it's marinating on your soul, your heart, and your sinew. Think about this. In 2015, the Dallas Cowboys versus the Seattle Seahawks. Google that score. Let me know what Russell Wilson did to that particular defense, to that particular team when we didn't even have a, a Tony Romo. <laughs> I mean, we had who we had that game? Who started that game? Was it Brandon Whedon or was that the Matt Council administration that game? I mean, he won by the chin of his hair. You know, the hair on the chinny chin chin. <laughs> I mean, people were like, man, put Sierra out there, man. I think that she can one two step better than him. You know, let me know if I'm wrong. Put up. I know you guys got Google. But can you pull up the Google and tell me what was that score in 2015, if you know what I mean? Let's listen to more of uh, of, of my guy, Michael Lombardi. Uh, not to get confused of Vach Lombardi, but this is Michael Lombardi, you know. But, Michael, unfortunately, and I agree with you, uh, I've been against, you know, uh, the Dak versus Russell comparisons. But, unfortunately, that isn't the way it works in the NFL, right? At quarterback, it's next man up. It's you don't have an option to replace me, so you're going to pay me what I want you to pay me. Dak has all the leverage here. Well, so, did, I mean, yeah, you could say that, but that's not how you run a team. I mean, let's face it, Dak may have the leverage, but, you know, Jared Goff, why would you overpay him? When you overpay a player, it costs you other areas. And what I'm saying is as the storm brews outside because of this cap, 
because of the salary cap issues next year, because of the virus, you've got to be really careful about what you're thinking about doing in the long term, or you're going to be in cap deal much like the Los Angeles Rams are right now. Michael Lombardi, uh, Radio.com, NFL Insider, joining us here on 105 Through the Fan. It, you know, I understand what you're saying about the cap potentially going down, but let, right. let's just say it continues to go up every year True. by the $10 million that it's gone up. <laughs> At that point, doesn't it become – You can't say that. You can't say that. There's nobody going to be in the st- – there's going to be lost revenue. Every league is – we can't live in that dream world. Every league is going to lose revenue. Beer sales, ticket sales, sweet sales, that's lost revenue. And it's going – and when you're a partner with somebody – but let me tell you this, though. The TV revenue is money up front. The TV revenue, they pay for those pockets of time up front. So that's the corrections there. Uh, when you collectively look at it from the stadium or stadium, as my dog said, Jerry Wayne, uh, it's, it's not as much as the TV revenue. The TV revenue is where the money, where the coins are at. And uh, last I checked, Amazon, they are willing to put into this uh, TV deal. And last I checked, Amazon, they they just making hands over fists. In this economy, uh, due to the COVID and all of these things, they increased their revenue. They was making money, hands over fists. And on top of that, hey, th- th- that guy's just blessed. Well, just to come up with that type of brilliant idea, not knowing that this, uh, uh, I guess, pandemic would happen, and it never slowed down his business. Look, I don't know about you all. I'm thinking about a uh, <laughs> economy-proof business myself. I'm thinking it. I'm just trying to figure out ways. Whereas, and and when all stuff turns from you know <laughs> to sugar to you know what, I'm trying to figure out how can I still increase my bottom line. And by Amazon reaching in and buying some of this NFL, they, they, they did a piece of it, but they finna get all the way in on this new TV deal. And Amazon is everywhere. <laughs> I can see people now saying, hey, I order my Amazon TV now. And, uh, oh, it automatically comes with a package program of, of the documentaries of all of the Dallas Cowboys, as well as I get a chance from wherever I'm at to watch the Dallas Cowboys game from my Amazon account. That that is going to be something next level. That just just want to put that out there. You share in lost revenue. Look, I, I understand what you're saying, but eventually, it, you know, over the term of the fourth year of a four year deal, it may mm-hmm. go down one year, but it'll go up for the other three. Right? There you go. Theoretically, it has, certainly has a chance to recover, but I don't think the recovery is going to be an arrow up. I don't think it's going to be a V. I okay. think the recovery is going to be more like a U. It's going to take a little bit of time. Until we get a vaccine, until we get some form of testing to where we feel really comfortable, we know this from, from Italy, that stadiums are melting pots for this to develop, that we realize that. And so the more people we put into a stadium, the more risk we have if we don't have a vaccine, if we don't have a treatment. Michael, as a former GM, what's the bigger fear, paying someone like Dak too much money or not having – a quarterback of Dak's caliber and going with something worse. Well, I think that to me, you know, like, and I've said this many times, I would have paid Sean, Sean McVay 25 million before I paid Jared Goff 35. You know, I, I you got to have somebody who can develop a quarterback. You got to have somebody who can find, develop a quarterback. And we'll see if the Patriots can do that this year with Jared Stidham. 
We'll see if the Patriots can develop a quarterback and be able to win football games with the guy they picked in the fourth round. I think that's the essence of the game. You can't pay everybody $50 million. Look, Mahomes is going to get his number. How far over 35 that remains to be seen. You know, does he go to 40? Does he go to 42? Does he go to 43? I don't know. The same thing with Deshaun Watson. But you've got to really be – there's got to be a point where you say, you know what, as an organization, we're going to have to find another solution. You know, and it happens. I mean, look, it's there. We see it all the time. People have a hard time evaluating quarterbacks. The worst thing you can do in any sport is become prisoner to one player, and then you lose your team. Because at the end of the day, Dak needs a lot of help around him to be a great player. If, if Dak is an elite quarterback or, or borderline elite, though, is there, is, there, like, is there such a thing as overpaying? All right, so Dak needs help. I wonder. <laughs> I ain't talking about Steven Wonder. I wonder what would Pat Mahomes look like in that Super Bowl without a Travis Kelsey? Uh-huh. Without a Tyreek Hill, a Nico Hartman. How do you say that man's name? Oh, I wonder if that running back, didn't put up those numbers, and it was just Pat Mahomes. I wonder, would he still be hosting that Lombardi Trophy? Would he still be able to say, hey, I'm a Super Bowl champion? I wonder what Joe Montana would have looked like without a Jerry Rice, a Ronnie Lott, a, a Roger Craig. I want to know. I want to know, you know. I want to know what Troy, the main man Aikman, would have looked like without a Jay Novacek. Hmm. Oh, I wonder what he looked like without a Michael Irvin. Y'all see the pattern where I'm going? Oh, John Elway, one of the greatest throwers of the ball. I want to know, Cowboy Nation, would he have won those Super Bowls without a TD? Let me know. Can you guys stand on a podium and say, or, or, or a high pedestal and say, hey, with great convictions or the courage of the convictions of my heart that John Elway would have won those Super Bowls. Hmm. Now, there's a misconception that people are out here or the, 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 let me see how can I put this, that teams are winning Super Bowls by themselves. If just one person is winning the Super Bowl. I mean, come on now. And on top of that, when we talk about this, this, this contract talk, and I know a lot of people are, are, are fed up with this contract talk. It's like the Dak Daily, the Dak Chronicles. Somebody told me that I should name it the Dak Knight Chronicles. Nevertheless, 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 I just want to know those things. Like, who was the last quarterback that played by himself and won the Super Bowl ultimately by himself? It was just him. <laughs> Nobody else is a team full of scrubs. He just walked out there and said, hey, I'm the quarterback of the team. All you guys, <laughs> y'all can just go to the shoot program, play in Pelican Bay, because I'm the end-all, be-all. King Kong ain't got nothing on me. Let me know of that particular quarterback, and I will hush. I was just flat out hush. Just name him. Put a name in the comment box. Please help a brother out because I'm looking for that answer. I'm looking for uh, that, <laughs> that, that solution there because I need to find out. I flat out need to find out. What's up with you, Montana? Thank you for tuning in. Chris, what's good with you? Lance Bell. Um, <clears throat> Elway, <laughs> oh my goodness, Elway couldn't do did anything without TD, and that defense was nobody to sneeze at as well. 
<laughs> I'm looking. I'm reading for the comments, man. Uh, oh, and of course, you got to include the uh, the coaching, you know. And, and and for anybody that would utter the words Tom Brady, oh, my goodness. All you got to do is go watch the first three Super Bowls. And to me personally, the first one, he had no reasons being there because I think it should have been the Raiders, but that's a story of a different day. On top of that, the tape gate situation we knew that they filmed every inch of that of who they played was it the greatest show on turf they played in that super bowl huh the greatest show on turf and they filmed everything oh lord it don't mean anything because da, 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 da. look if you look at their particular offense and i know this is tom brady i know he got six of them but i got to contextualize it because i can't just Leave it there because people are going to say, well, law, you're not bringing in the full storyline of it. The greatest show on turf was a timing offense. Let me repeat. The greatest show on turf was a timing offense, meaning that a person was going to be at that mark at a certain time. And Kurt Warner is going to get that ball out to that particular mark. It's going to get out fast. But if you have tape on that, situation if you know the good details of it you can just sit your linebacker right on that spot and last i checked shout out to ty law and all of those boys that played for the patriots that defense was nobody to sneeze at so you it's kind of like you finna fight mike tyson and he got the upper hand because he knows your move and it's not the fact that mike tyson is slow or anything mike tyson is a beast within himself <laughs> it's like that and we don't know without a shot of a doubt that with the other informations that bill belichick had on these other teams we don't know what they done had on them all we knew is that the nfl decided to say hey we just gonna burn the tapes <laughs> wouldn't it have been wise and smart to show the teams that that bill belichick got the information from to let them see the tape too. <laughs> it goes all the way back to another movie, man. I, 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 you guys is 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 Saturday. You got nothing else to do instead of you know being out there in the streets worried about getting hit upside the head with a rock or getting arrested by by police and chased down or what have you. Just chill with me right quick. There's another movie, Enemy of the State. You guys remember that movie? Gene Hatman, boy, he was good in that movie. Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, Will Smith, he was great in that movie as well. I mean, it was in the elevator, and Gene Hatman told him, e either you're incredibly smart or you're incredibly stupid. You know what I'm saying? That was one of the greatest lines on that movie. But the whole movie was by the tape. <laughs> the, the opposition, the opposing, the government there, I say, didn't know what was on the tape. So they, they, they derail Will Smith's entire life <laughs> just so they can see what was on the tape. Come to find out, you know, it was some political stuff that a bird guy was watching, surveying the land or what have you, captured a executional style <laughs> of a political agenda on the tape. 
Will Smith never knew what was on the tape. <laughs> so it was a good movie, Enemy of the State. I think that's the name of the movie, man. Y'all check that movie out. It's an oldie but goodie. And that is what I'm trying to say to everybody. Nobody knew what was on the tape <laughs> that the Patriots had. And on top of that, the Patriots, the first three Super Bowls, it's not like they blown out anybody. It was kind of like, what, what? Field goal here, the field goal there, you know, uh, a quarterback throwing in, throwing up in the locker room or throwing up on the field uh, against the 2004. It was the Eagles versus the Patriots. That's a story of a different day, but y'all listen to it. Paying Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> no, there's not. I think you're right. There's no, you can't overpay greatness, but at some point you have to understand that you can't have all the money. You can't mm-hmm. have all the money. I mean, Peyton Manning, you know, when he went through, he took a lot of the money. They had a lot of players on the team, but their depth. I mean, how many Super Bowls did they win in Indianapolis? One. One, right. Why did that? Well, you know, well, they say, you know, Phil Bowley will say because the rules, it limited, you know, it couldn't, you know, the receivers were getting jammed. Their depth on defense was always problematic. They had five or six really good players. But at the end of the day, football is a team sport. It's a game of having depth. You've got to be able to have depth. And if you don't have any depth, and you don't have the ability to play with a, with 40 guys that can help you win, it's mm-hmm. hard to do. You can't be too young. You can't have a bunch of rookies on your team. You do need a middle class in the NFL. Do you put Dak in the category of good, very good, potentially great? What, what is your what is your category for Dak? Category. I've always felt Dak's really a good player. I think he's a very good player. I think they utilize his foot movement. I think they've got to do that. I think he's a great tough guy. I think he plays hurt. I think this whole nonsense about signing Andy Dalton as an insult to Dak Prescott is completely one of the biggest jokes in media I've ever heard in my life. They signed Andy Dalton because Kellen Moore can't play. They signed Andy Dalton because last year when they went to Philadelphia and Dak was hurt and probably shouldn't have played, they lost a game that could have got them into the playoffs when they were could have been a better team. They signed Andy Dalton for the franchise, not as an insult to Dak. It's almost ridiculous that anybody would suggest the other words. Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM, right here on the home of the Cowboys, uh, 105.3 The Fan. Uh, who right now today would be your favorite in, in the division, Mike? Who, who would you like in the NFC East? I mean, I like the Cowboys a lot. I think the Cowboys, I think Mike McCarthy. Look, the Cowboys were 31st in the National Football League with, with the Clapper in terms of winning close games. They could not win a close game. It's been the history of the, since Jason was the head coach there. So that's been a problem. Secondly, when you go back and look at the special teams and the, and, and, the, and the lack of attention to detail within the kicking game, you know, people dismiss the kicking game like it's meaningless. Only the greatest coach of all time in New England thinks it's the most important. Something's wrong with this pitcher. They were 31st in most every single category in terms of special teams last year. I think John Fossil will make a huge upgrade over what they do. They've got three magnificent receivers that they put out on the field. I think Dak's a really good player. They got one of the best players in the backfield in Zeke Elliott, and their offensive line's good. I think the key to their team is Jim Tomasula. I think Tomasula, the defensive line coach, will make a huge difference. I think Randy True. Gregory, when he comes back, or Alden Smith, or any of the defensive linemen that they've signed, whether it's McCoy, whomever, I think he's going to make a huge difference because when you watch his Washington Redskins defensive front or you watch what he did when he was in San Francisco, this mm-hmm. guy gets the most out of players in the defensive line. And I think when you watch the Cowboys last year, whenever they could play less than 30 minutes of defense, they were really a good defense. When they had to play more, it became a problem. And I think if they tie those loose ends together, I think McCarthy takes a lot of crap 
for being too conservative on offense, but yet no one really understands what he was dealing with in Green Bay. I think the Cowboys are the best team in the East. My goodness. Uh, well, hey, what a uh, wonderful uh, insight right there. All right, so when we think about this and we we start talking about the defensive side transition, because I know a lot of people definitely are tired of us talking about the Dak Prescott squabble and the Dak Prescott situation. Um, I agree, Tom Sula, when I looked at the film, when I looked at the Redskins, when I looked at the, the early becomings of the 49ers front four, what have you, uh, he, he does play with or coach up to this team uh, max potentials. And I have to look at the, not the collective uh, record, but the individual talent. We're heading into the right direction. I think that we're we're having a, a great situation of looking back and I do know it's like hindsight is twenty twenty, nevertheless, but when we look back at this thing and we'll say, Yeah, special team play, terrible. Now we went and got a John, a John Fossil or or Bones Fossil. Uh front four wasn't creative. We went back and got uh, uh, some help out there. What I did when I, I posted on my Instagram, let me see, a couple days ago, uh, a little quick insert of how De- DeMarcus Ware was talking about this. Let's listen and to it. Where do you think we'll, be, we'll see the biggest changes and philosophical changes from what the Cowboys did with Marinelli the last few years? Yeah, um, I mean, I played with um, Rob Marinelli in his 4-3 defense, and, you know, it's four guys, three linebackers, corners. It's more about coverage and the four guys getting to the quarterback. But now you got a whole new person coming in, and the 3-4 defense is all predicated on getting pressure, pushing the mm-hmm. pocket up the middle, stopping the run, bringing the outside linebacker to create those turnovers. That's why with Demarcus Lawrence and Alvin Smith and Randy Gregory, they can excel in this defense because you might get a tight end. You might have to, you know, be on a running back because there's five guys rushing now instead of four, but they can interchange each one of those guys, and that's what makes it hard on those offenses because they can't block you. Um, so I think that with this mm-hmm. hybrid-type uh, defense and talking to DeMarcus Lawrence and he's ready to, hey, DeMarcus, can you maybe come by and show me how to stand up? Like, that made me smile. <laughs> he said that made him smile and my thing is when we look at it i got to say this one more piece about the dak prescott situation before i go dive all the way in on the defensive side of the ball get ready i'm gonna have the phone lines open in a few 682-214-4087 is the phone line it's the phone number uh just give me a call but but for right now it's not open yet but get ready uh, you can shoot me a text at any time, though. Uh, <clears throat> my thing is with this. When you think about the Dallas Cowboys front four, and when you think about uh, what is on the table for Dak Prescott, last I check, and last I check on the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, the Dallas Cowboys linebackers, the, the Dallas Cowboys safety play, or the kicker. Who else do we have to pay? Let me know. Who else do we have to pay right now? I think that this Dak Prescott angle, like I said earlier, 
Jerry then already got the, the, the deal already signed. They're just going to wait to announce it a couple of days before the deadline or right there on the deadline. Uh, I think that that's what's going on because everybody else, who else do we have to sign? Because if we are in play of the Jadavion Clowney, there will be a different story, right? If we had play, who else is out there? Oh, Ryan Logan. I think that I, I, I like his skill set. Oh, we heard about the Jamal Adams uh, news here and there. <laughs> but I think that shipped and sell. I think that the Jets will wait until like the season start off. And if they start off 0-2 or 0-3, what have you, then they will put the trade block out there. That's what I stand at on that, you know. <clears throat> yes, indeed. So that's how I look at it, man. Um, Mr. Wright, man, really appreciate you so much for tuning in and making that donation. Let the AI speak, if she will. Law Nation, Puffy, what's good? Doc, get paid, can't get mad at the but to me, the QB position. The most dependent position in the NFL to me, so we have to keep an eye on the players. Around that, make this thing work as well. Yeah, keep the players around that, make it work as well. Shout out to you, Mr. Wright, man. Really appreciate you so much for making the donations to help grow the nation. Uh, I, I do feel what you're saying. The quarterback, quarterback, that's my quarterback, <laughs> is the uh, person that we really have to really pay a close attention to. But uh, as I uh, lamented earlier, there are nobody else we have to pay. Maybe down the line we have to pay a, a, a Michael Gallup. Maybe down the line we have to pay who else? Who else contract is kind of up? that's been doing things all of those dbs xavier woods jordan hip pocket lewis cheeto Wuzier. this is a prove it year this is a prove it year they're gonna have to show up and be ready but if you look at the comparisons analysis of what Dak prescott did during this time parameter or time frame and collectively what a xavier woods or a cheeto Wuzier or jordan lewis did it's not the same. It's not like Xavier Woods been like, hey, man, we got to hurry and pay this brother. Like we having a little ramble, ramblings about with Michael Gallup. And just wait, Cowboy Nation. <laughs> just wait. People are, are going to start throwing hate at Michael Gallup. It's, it's right around the corner. It's right around the corner. For real, for real. Uh, and, and I hate to say that, but that's just how the nature of the Dallas Cowboys are. Uh, we, we, then the people are going to say, hey, man, he, he got too many drops. He's not worth he's not worth that type of money. He's not worth a uh, – that's when people are going to throw this around. He's not worth a um, – what's the kid that played over there uh, in the Browns uh, land? Uh, what's this guy's name? I call him Odella. That's his name? Odell Beckham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Odell Beckham. He's not worth Odell Beckham's money. That's coming around. The phone lines are now open. 682-214-4087 is the, is the phone line for your mind. Uh, I think that this defense, and we're going to talk defense. You don't have to talk about the quarterback groove, but we're going to talk defense, if that's okay with you all. Uh, Dak Prescott contract is 33 mil. This is from Jonathan Durbin. Uh, we'll find out. 409, what's on your mind? You're live on the nation. We live, Law? Yes, yes. What's good, man? Talk to me. 
All right, man. Uh, nah, just just expounding on uh what you're talking about with the whole Dak Prescott uh, contract situation mm-hmm. and uh, no one else left to pay. You're in a perfect situation at wide receiver because you have Amari Cooper and um, C.D. Lamb's contract going parallel five years. And so in five years when, you know, Cooper's up and kind of old, you're not really subject to have to pay him number one money. Um, mm-hmm. And then C.D. Lamb is going to be your main focus. Shifting over, you know, you have Zeke's contract who you can get out of in two years if you wanted to, but that's if he drops in production level, which he's been highly, you know, productive contrary to popular belief, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, some guys break out years, Zeke's lowest year. You know, you're talking about a guy who's been running 80 – his lowest year was 89, you know, yards, uh, you know, a game. Right. That's that's foolish to think that he's going to keep running for 100 yards, you know, a season. And the way, you know, contracts are set up, unfortunately, you just got to pay guys for what they've done in the past. You know, those mm-hmm. guys got to get compensated for what they've done. doesn't make sense, but that's the way you have the contract and CBA set up on So you got to live with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, you don't have anyone else to pay. Uh, you might have Van Der Esch and Gallup coming up. Uh, Gallup can arguably be, some, arguably, uh, arguably be someone you can replace, you know, with coming drafts. Uh, same in Van Der Esch's boat. Um, those are guys that you're not obligated, and you can also uh, replace and maybe get a better prospect, um, you know, not to diminish from what they yeah, uh, the, 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 the Van Der Esch, uh situation is unique because he he would have a five-year option and exactly. he only had one good year basically so far. And uh, we will see. Now, this could be a breakout year for him again because now it's his third year. Normally the third year is always the key, the key year, because that's when everything starts to slow down for you and you get accustomed to the NFL life. But But go ahead. And then you're talking about, you know, talking about not paying Dak Prescott when we paid Tony Romo with a bad back. Mm, yeah. Now, yeah, Tony, contracts, yeah. Like guys like Tyron Smith coming uh-huh. up, Dez Bryant in his prime. Uh, we had to let go of DeMarco Murray. And in Dak Prescott's situation, you're not having to forfeit any talent. You're not having – your talent is already intact and in place. And then by the time, you know, Dak Prescott gets in two, two three more years under his belt, you don't need to have the greatest offensive line blocking in front of him you can get you some second and third round picks like your tyler badass and and your mm-hmm. Connor mcgovern and you keep that kind of trains rolling and and you know keep addressing that situation uh you know address your, uh your trenches as they've been doing uh the past couple drafts defensively you know they've been trying they've just been missing you know they've been yeah. trying with the second round picks the first round picks the uh the greg hardys of the world uh they've been trying uh unfortunately that's just a that's just a position that the greatest who do it, mm-hmm. they usually have top ten picks across the line. Well, let, let me let me stretch your mind on this one right quick. And, and okay. you said you said well we didn't pay Demarco Murray and and uh, and he was what twenty six at the time. Yeah, twenty six. I think that had, he, I think he was going right into his prime. I think he was heading right into his prime. And the reason why I say that the, the men's warehouse said. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't want to pay him, right? So what happened in that 2015 year? What if I told you like ESPN 30 for 30? What right. if I told you that DeMarco Murray, if he if we were to pay him and he were to stay on his team, 
Tony Romo would have never got injured or what have you because Julius Randle, uh, whatever, what's his name? What's his name was? John Randle? What's his name? Joe, Joseph Randle? Oh, yeah, 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 Joseph Randle. Joseph Randle. I mean, he, he he's not a great blocker, you know. He whiffed on his block. Hicks came yeah. in free, and the quarterback was grass. I yeah. think that DeMarco Murray and the chemistry that they had from 2014 would have still been intact. I think that we would have had the momentum. We wouldn't have had – do you pay – because remember all of that offseason, do you pay a running back? Steven Jones got out there and started bumping his gum. And then Randall was saying there's a lot of meat on the bone. You know, <laughs> he said there's a lot of meat on the bone. And that situation soiled or sullied the team chemistry. I'm just thinking outside of the box. And I know it's trying to put two pace back into two, but wouldn't the Cowboys been in better shape if they were to go ahead and pay DeMarco Murray in 2015? Mm, I think hindsight, we would have played him different. We wouldn't have played him like the Eagles, definitely. Um, and then he did have that, you know, productive year with Tennessee. So if you would have played him, you probably would have got that same production back. Um, and the continuity, continuity and chemistry is important. So it would have been better for 2015, but of course, yeah. You maybe don't get Dak Prescott. You maybe don't get uh, Ezekiel Elliott. You know, True. we probably go ahead and uh, go with uh, Jalen Ramsey, or you know, we maybe not get that fourth. Man, man, you definitely look. You uh, definitely not going to go satisfied. with that record. Yeah, four and whatever yeah, we I'm, went. Yeah, I, I guess I'm overall satisfied with how everything went down. Went, went down. And, yeah. uh, I think that's changed my perspective as to how not to really worry about guys when their their time is up. Or just to only you know look at paying those elite guys, and I think the Cowboys have have done pretty good. You know, uh, at the time with Demarcus Lawrence, you don't have too many too many defensive linemen who can do what he does. Not just pass rushing wise, or um, just playing the run in general. He's a great player, so uh, you got to pay these type of guys, mm-hmm. and you, you're gonna you're gonna overpay in the NFL at all times. I mean, even True. kickers get overpaid. Uh, just at the mercy of if you're a team who's in need of a kicker and there's not a great market for it, and you know you're going to call your shot either way it goes. So um, it's, I mean, I think the money situation we're just in a different situation than in the past. You know, mm-hmm. people want to panic about the the salary cap. We're in a different situation. We have cap money. True. We're not inquiring dead money. We're not rolling guys' contract back and back and back. Um, which in that situation, when you roll money back, I feel like relative to the to the cap you just keep it at a fair you know at a fair pay versus um having you know this, this profit because you know Stephen jones tries to talk about how you know contract contract wise the cowboys aren't trying to save money so the jones family can pocket you know in their and you know put in their their personal pocket but they're putting it in their personal salary cap pocket mm. and they they can afford to pay these guys it's just that the Cowboys are just addicted to having value, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's like having a piggy bank where you just like to look at all the savings you built. And I don't know if that's just kind of PTSD from just the cap hell they were in, that they feel like they just got to have value and just sit there and just look at it and be like, look how much we're saving now. But uh, they can definitely maybe better better start managing the cap and, you know, stop, stop flip-flopping, you know, stop um, – not signing free agents. Like, you just look at the trends of mm-hmm. the, the past of not want to invest first-round picks in offensive linemen, um, thinking they, you know, they didn't 
they didn't need a Thez Bryant talent at wide receiver, just always trying to get value. Yeah, the value part of it. I'm going to say this before I let you go. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings will be a team that I'm going to really look at because before the start of the uh, I guess at the end of the year, they was a negative $4 million. That meaning that they owed the cap, you know. So they had to get mm-hmm. above the cap. And we know that they had some people that they let go or what have you. Nevertheless, I'm going to take a real good look at their infrastructure and I'm going to see how they're going to manage that particular situation because they don't have a lot of money. <clears throat> right. Yeah. And so I, I, yeah. Like I say, they, they've done well in saving the Cowboys. Like Stephen Jones, he's done well in being frugal and building that cap money and, and mm-hmm. getting us out of that. Like um, their money from Des Bryant and, and Tony Romo's uh, contract type of thing. But at the same time, um, you got to sign your, your quarterback right now. True. I, I agree yeah. one million percent on that one. But uh, all right, well, I'm gonna uh, just go hang up and go ahead and uh, keep listening, man. And appreciate you know everything y- y'all do. You Skywalker, uh, big game, uh, just big ups, man. Appreciate you, man, for tuning in. Salute, bro. All right. Yes, yeah, salute. Mm-hmm. Good call from him, man. Um, hey, and and trust me, we all don't think alike. We have different opinion, different thoughts, and things like that. But I love to get people thoughts on this matter. Call in, give me a call, 682-214-4087 is the number uh, to call in to speak your mind. Get stuff off your chest. It could be what anything you want to talk about. I'm here. We we all open ears. Uh, and let's get it. This is Sparta! Let them man deserve a war call. So when we think about this team in general, yes. We always talk about the money. We always talk about the value. We always talk about this too. Holding on players to so long that you don't get nothing in return. We let them walk off scot-free. My thing is, if, if, and I'm using the big word if, you didn't have your love for d or if you didn't have your love for, let me get this call right here, 4112, what's, what, what you know? What's good, Big Law? Nothing much, man. I was going into details of, hey, this team need to learn how to will and deal. But nevertheless, man, you live on the radio, man. What's good? I ain't nothing, man. You know, I'm, I'm out here by Pittsburgh, man. I be listening to your show all the time, man. I really appreciate it. But uh, I don't know, man. I think these boys need to go ahead and uh, go ahead and pay Dak, man. I ain't, I ain't trying to see them, uh, them Quincy Carter years no more, man. <laughs> What you what are you saying, man? People got amnesia, man. People forget. <laughs> and that I mean, I, I really think, man, with with the cap, with the way that it's going and everything, like if they go ahead and get the boy paid, they gonna have some uh, some free money to pay some players, man. It's it's already there. I mean, we we sat there on twenty million dollars, twenty eight million dollars, if we were to remove uh, uh, Tyron Crawford, which I thought that he was a very very valuable piece, but that's still twenty eight million that you sat on all last year. Right. Now this thing, I mean, get get this man a chance under uh, under Mike McCarthy, man. Mm-hmm. You know, with with Garrett, with Garrett about it, there, if they. Uh, McCarthy going to utilize that to his talents, man. Mm-hmm. I didn't see nowhere nowhere near enough running last year. Oh, yeah. I mean that that Patri- that Patriots game and in the rain and in the terrible weather. If that man would have pulled that ball down and ran a few times, I think we win that game. Oh yeah, if you tuck it and run, but but in the in the back part of your mind, <laughs> when you go running, when you know for sure that all you making is four 
what, three to four million dollars? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Where, where that, that's what I mean. Go from? <laughs> get get his boy a little bit of guarantee so he know that you know he's gonna be taken care of and maybe he wanna put his body on the line, you know? I mean, you you want him to stick himself out there and play for you, but uh what you gonna do for him? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you gotta have something uh in the back of your mind saying that, hey, I could be the next Ron Shazier. You know, you out there in that area. I mean, that right. brother could barely walk, you know. He barely yeah. he walking now, but man, his wife had to c- c- prepare her mind that her husband would never walk again. I think that that's what a, that's what a lot of fans don't realize too, man. I mean, they everybody that's out here saying, "Oh, he's not worth this, he's not worth that," or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen the man do nothing but win since he came into the league, and th- th- them wasn't uh, them wasn't no little shoes to fill coming in behind uh, Jerry Jones' son. Tony Romo, man. <laughs> and it's hard to to put the cherry on the top. It's hard to do it with Jason Garrett. Right. I, man, some of the play calling last year was, was real upsetting, man. I, I really don't understand where, where he was coming from. And you could just tell at certain instances where he kind of took the reins back over from Kellen Moore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the game plan was totally different, you know. Right. I think I mean I think Kellen had a nice uh, creative approach to it to a lot of stuff, man. We did some things different, and I mean j- just hearing some of the guys that come on your show and talk about how uh, how the game plan changed up or how, how conservative Garrett would be, you know, it's just crazy, man. I I didn't really see him motivating no men out there, make, making nobody really want to uh, go hard and play ball. Yeah, football is always, man, a a hard thing to digest, man, as it relates to motivation. Uh, you running through a brick wall for your coach. You fighting tooth and nail for your coach, and not just crying because there's reports out there saying, "Oh, a lot of players were crying when when Jason Garrett left." But <clears throat> I'm from the old school. You cry your butt out there on the field, you know, and no you, you figure out how to stop the run. You know, you figure out how to make that extra play. And I just didn't see that out of this team. I saw some probably said, "Okay, <laughs> Jason Garrett is the end all be all for me," but there was others that was like, "Man." Pump this coach, man. Let's get somebody else. Right. And, I mean, I said with Dak, too, man, uh, mm-hmm. this would be one of, the, one of the first years he had a little bit of consistency. You know, same, same receivers, same healthy line, and, and now he got defense that can uh, that can <laughs> stop somebody. Yeah. Because I, I, I've seen the man put some points up. I've seen him do his thing. But if you if you got a defense that ain't going to stop nobody, how, how you going to win games, man? You can't. You can't. You can get close, but it'll be no cigar, man. And what else you got for the show? Um, what you uh Yeah, I keep hearing about all these guys talking about signing Clowney or signing Griffin or, or, or whatever, but don't don't you think that we are all right, man? We we said at the end. I, I really do believe I believe that uh Gregory is gonna come back. They they gonna reinstate him and I know he has some time off and I know Alden has some time off, but it's like I've heard you say a few times, that's, it's riding a bike, man. You you don't forget how to do that. Right, it's riding a bike, man, and that shoulder blade, man, it can cut grass better than any weed eater out there, you know. Uh, but my thing is, think- my thing is with this, uh, I like to see what our guys can do. I would like to see if we go back to training camp or what have you, I can just see with my natural eyes. Now, the right. other thing is with Jadavion Clowney, Guy is really living up to his last name, Clowning. Because the thing is, he just turned down a deal. I heard, and this is just you know speculation for the nation, that it was going to be a lot of money from the uh, Browns. He said, no, I don't want that. 
and he's turned <laughs> down. He want eighteen to twenty mil a year. That's crazy. You had what four four sacks last year? Three, three. That's that's <laughs> insane. Yeah, Clowney's crazy. Man. The, I, I really don't think because. You have a lot of fans and stuff saying we should go out here and sign these guys. Don't don't pay Dak, but go go sign somebody like that. Where's the production at, man? I mean, with all with all the drops our receivers had last year, Dak still threw for uh, almost five thousand yards. Hello, but but the man but the man don't get better every year. That makes no sense to me. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. And I mean, just like you you keep saying, I might be a a Dak apologist, but. I like the kid, man. I, li- I like the fact that he-, he leads the team and he come through in adversity, man. Yeah. You just need the rest of the team to uh, rally around him. And-, and I don't think that Garrett was able to motivate them guys to step up when they needed to because Dak stepped up. I-, I seen the dude progress every year since he's been in the league, man. But you know, you know this this is the 4,000-pound gorilla right here. Uh, the problem is, and-, and I could see from the people that just – really hate Dak Prescott, I can see where they're coming from. I can see from this angle right here, they want Dak Prescott to play under the franchise tag for one year and see what he's going to look like with Mike McCarthy. But the problem is with that is that he done already did his gamble year. His gamble right. year was last year. Right. <laughs> that was his gamble year. I, it's going to be harder for him, and I'm not saying that he threw for near 5,000 yards that he can trump that this year, but what I'm saying is the likelihood of him doing everything immaculate or, or, or everything at that particular level is harder on another gambled year. And we and, and I'm not right. saying that he's going to regress or anything, but what I'm saying is from the Dak Prescott angle is that – I done already showed you what I'm able to do. I increase every statistical stat, whatever you want to say, in every category last year, and you want you want me to do it again? And the thing is, he he's not going to need to this year. True, he's not going to need to because, <laughs> like, like with with the addition to CD, the way that Gallup keeps on developing, hopefully Amari can uh can find his motivation, man. Stop playing scared out there, and. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna have to throw the ball all crazy. They spread this offense out, man. Zeke and Pollard gonna run wild. Yeah, <clears throat> my thing is, I don't want to see Dak Prescott throwing attempt forty times a game or no thirty five. I think that right. you, you can limit eliminate some of that. Spread the wealth. You got Ezekiel Elliott. You got Tony Pollard for crying out loud. Let's let, let those two workhorses eat and uh, and let this let this be a pick your poison type of offense. And I think that we can do that. I would love to see some uh, some more two back sets, man. I think Pollard and Zeke got to be on that field at the same time, man. Keep keep that defense guessing. Yes, indeed, man. What else you have for the show, fam? Uh, that's about it. Like I said, man, I listen to you all the time, law man. On my way to work at like four in the morning, man. You, you guys are great. It's kind of uh, it's kind of hard being out here in this area and being a cowboy fan, man. But I've been one since uh, since day one. I grew up, you know, watching the greats in the nineties and. Kind of hope we can uh, get back to that greatness here real soon, man. That's where we headed. That's where we headed. All right, now keep up the good work, Law. Give a uh, shout-out to Skywalker and Big Game for me, too, all right? Will do, fam. Appreciate you. All right, Law. Good talking to you. Likewise. This is Sparta! Shout out to Skywalker Steel, Big Game James. <laughs> Shout out to those dogs, man. I hope, man, Cowboy Nation, that you guys don't look at this thing and say, 
Well, well, well. Law is just love Dak Prescott because he went to Mississippi State and what have you. Shout out to you, 267. What, what you got? Hey, what's going on, Law Nation? It's on Lord Nova 85. I'm calling from Philly, brother. How you been? Oh, my goodness. I'm getting all the East Coast callers over here, man. What's good yeah. with you, man? Man, I'm good, man. I'm good. Just checking out the show, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, all, all I all I have to say is I'm tired of all, all the Dak hate, man. We need we need some more Dak love out here. Mm-hmm. They make it seem like this brother is Trent Dilfer, man. <laughs> right, like, if you, you listen you to him long him? enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, come on, man. Like, yeah. like the man, he has never had a losing season. True. And they say, well, he has to have everything perfect. You know, the four-letter net, four network say so he got to right, have everything right. perfect. Right, 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 right. How many guys, <laughs> how many guys you know not named Tom Brady can take, like, a group of, uh, uh, let's say, uh, not top-tier receivers and make mm-hmm. them better? You, you alleviate Tom Brady from that discussion. Who else has done that? A lot of greats had number ones. Like, Joe Montana had Jerry Rice. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just keep going. Just, just go down that list, man. Help people. You see what oh, I'm no. saying? Because when I, I mean, said they just don't listen to half of it, man. But just go, just, just yeah. name me all of the uh, Super Bowls if that you can, and just like just, you got, you got what, what, uh, who Terry Bradshaw throw to was who was that? Lin Swan. Oh, Swan, yeah. You see, Stallback had the original '88. Ooh. Like, come on, man, you killing me here? Mm-hmm. Like, like stop. Like they, they need to kill, kill that with all that noise. Like, mm-hmm. even, like, I hate to say this, you know, I got to bring up, you know, can't stand, you know, the filthy. Yeah. But even when they made, when Donovan McNabb went to that, his only Super Bowl, he was throwing the ball to T.O. Yeah. T.O. Yeah. was there. He was hurt, but he was there. Yeah. So, they need they need to stop with all this dad Kate out here, uh, Law, man. This is just crazy. It's ridiculous. Pay the man. Oh, yeah. You got to pay the man. <laughs> yes, pay the man. He Like, he earned it. And mm. like they say, oh, we want to see how he looks under Mike McCarthy. Well, we just seen how he looked with Jason Garrett, and you know he's still working out with John Kitna. Um, all McCarthy is going to do is just elevate him to that next level. Mm-hmm. I mean, good lord, like, he's gonna he's gonna put him in different stratospheres. A uh, shout out to my dog, one for each finger, man. He's out there in Philly land too, I believe. Man, yeah. y'all y'all be representing on the East Coast though. <laughs> Of course, of course. You know we are, and it's hard being out here in Philly. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, law! I throw, I throw on my jersey. I, I get all this hate. You know, I'm the black seat with the family, surrounded by a bunch of uh, filthy Eagles fans, and it's just, it's just horrible, law, man. Yeah, and one thing I can say uh, about those Eagles, they are the most, and they fan base. Not speaking to just one person, but collectively speaking, they are still more fickle. Than, than our fan base is because <laughs> yeah, regardless yeah. of how you look at it, you would never turn on uh, anybody's social media platforms and find the burning of Dak Prescott jersey. But you can find multiple clips of them burning Carson Wentz jersey. Now, of course, yeah. it's hard to put everybody on the same umbrella, but dog it if he looks like a duck and quack like a duck is a duck, you know. And 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 I exactly. just say to all of the Eagles. Fan bases out there, they are the ones that need to chin check their own fans. They are the ones that need to look at their fans and say, hey, just a couple of weeks ago, you guys were burning his jersey. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. And, you know, I thank them that they did, that we lost to them in that uh in that in that game last year. True. Because we wouldn't be, we, we wouldn't be in the position that we are in right now. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are. we are in win mode. Like, I love all the offseason moves and the draft. You know, 
Mm-hmm. I think they, I think they, I think they did great all across the board. Right. Yeah, you, know, you just got to put it out there now. Yeah, but go ahead. What you about to say yeah. about Clowney? I was gonna say, uh, Clowney. He need he need to stop with all that twenty million when he only got like three sacks and the man could barely stay on the field. Right. I was like, man. Well, I ain't gonna lie though. You know, if, I, if I'm coming across and I gotta ask a bunch of billionaires for some money, uh, you know, was it with a dude uh, that just got a hundred million dollar contract, Joe uh, uh, Rager, I believe. Uh, I think the boxing. Uh-huh. The boxing guy, not the boxing guy, but the uh, UFC uh, fighting guy that got a podcast. I know my show is not on that particular level because he brings in so many people, but he just got $100 million. So when you, whenever you're asking a bunch of billionaires for some money, I guess you start off with the highest price. Yeah, I guess so. And see, <laughs> who's, so. And see who's, gonna, uh, <laughs> who's, gonna, who's, gonna, uh, who's gonna pay that, I guess. Yeah, I think that uh, Clowney, He's going to get signed with somebody team when the actual training camp start, and we know injuries is part of the game. Uh, I think yeah. Joe Rogan, yeah, I'm going to call him Rager for some reason. Joe Rogan is the yeah, guy. Joe Rogan. Yeah, 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 Joe Rogan, yeah, Joe Rogan. His show's pretty dope too, you know, and I like that he's he's unfiltered and sort of things and these sort of things. But I think that him and the other guy that's long in the tooth, uh, Griffin, What's his name? Uh, Griffin. Yeah, Everson. Everson. Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin. Yeah. He want he want Robert Quinn's money. You know, <laughs> so some of yeah. those price tags got to go down. And I think that once the uh, NFL start, once all of this stuff subside, I think that uh, that's when those guys gonna get those phone calls. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I can't I can't wait for this season to kick off. Like I've been real amped. About this season, uh, you know, like I, I'm in the house and all it is is Cowboys. My wife was like, "You have the Cowboys on all day." I'm like, "You know it. I got to tune in." You know, Law. You know, Big Game James Skywalker still the late night hype. I'm on that thing every Tuesday. Whenever you guys are on, I'm, I am in there. And the crazy thing is, Law, I drive for a living and I start work so early. Mm-hmm. Like by the time the late night hype goes off. I got to get up maybe like in the next three hours for work. And it's, and it's worth it, man. Like y'all, y'all keep it 100 in there. And I love it. Yes, indeed. You saw what we was talking to Worley and we were sitting there like, yeah, man, what you going to do at the top of your route? You know, you going to let this guy yeah. just get a free or you going to rub him a little bit. And uh, we talked yeah. to him like, what What do you like to play at? He said, man, I want to play aggressive. I want to be up front. I'm going to jam. I'm pressing. Yeah. And you, I'm just thinking about this stuff. And I said, yes, yes. You know what I'm yes. saying? Because we <laughs> looked at Tito Wuzier's size and I love a Wuzier. I mean, we like, man, put a little pressure on him. And then the one time that a Wuzier did it, he caught the interception against the Saints. Yeah, he did. He, he did. The he did. Now, now, just to, just to uh, preface my statement, he did try to get aggressive with the other guy, Roby, <laughs> against that Jets game, and he missed. <laughs> yeah, he did. He missed. He missed. But I tell people this all the time, especially those who play in the game in middle school, in high school, or in college. Let that happen. Let that happen. Because every cornerback got burned before. There's never a cornerback in the state of the United States or anywhere in the world can say, hey, I never got burned. But that confidence level, the confidence level of that particular play, believe it or not, belongs on the safety. Because you can get really grimy and dirty up front if you know your safety was going to be there. And Jeff Heath. 
I was like, come on, Heath. But that's a story of a different day. But go ahead, bro. <laughs> go ahead, bro. What, what, Wait, you, what else you got? No, look, look. You know, like, like all the, I'm happy, you know, the whole, uh, the old regime that's gone. And I've been listening to Big Game. He's like, that's right. the old regime. Like, they out of here. <laughs> Garrity's gone. And I'm like, yeah. I, I'm loving it. You know, Oakland is now, they're the Oakland Cowboys. All those guys that stay right over there. Right. Like, I can't wait to see what Blake Jarwin going to do. Like, what was he going to be like in his offense? Because he was held back. Like he 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 was held back last year, and I, I didn't like that at all. You know, he was getting you fifteen to pop. Yeah, you, you you get you got Witten in there who's just catching falls for about three yards. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Yeah. So I can't wait to see how how they're going to do this. Maybe you know see some more two back sets like the previous brother who was just talking about. How you going to see that? Mm-hmm. And then like you were saying, well, let Dak throw maybe about twenty to twenty five times maybe, and let and yeah. let them let that two hit monster eat. Yeah, and and I do know the uh, counter argument. Like, man, I'm not gonna pay no quarterback thirty five to thirty seven million dollars to hand the ball off. <laughs> no, that's not what we're saying. Because think about it, Ezekiel Elliott is a piece within his own self, right? Yes, yes. And people say, well, Mike McCarthy, he's a passing guy. Name me one quarter. Name me one running back that Mike McCarthy had that was in the same room as an Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> he, maybe he never Ricky, had an Ezekiel Elliott. Maybe Ricky, uh, what's his name, Williams, because he did. Uh, he was on that coaching staff when they was down there in Saints Land. Maybe you could say yeah. that. But outside of that, nobody. Nobody. He, he didn't. He didn't. And then they, they and they kill me with this. Oh, oh, McCarthy had Aaron Rodgers. They may seem like Aaron Rodgers, like like he came out of college, the Aaron Rodgers that he is right now. No, he <laughs> sat for three years. Like, are you? I'm like, where did they get this stuff from? I say, I, I, I know, you know, I'm I'm 35, so I know I know mm-hmm. that Aaron Rodgers sat for three years behind behind the great Brett Favre. Like, we all know this. So we're I'm just I'm just not getting it. Oh, there was a reason why he was fired from Green Bay. I'm like, Bill Belichick was fired. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid got fired. And did they not go on and win championships? They did. Yeah. Yeah, I got some so more, call, got some like more callers was... coming in, though. So uh, what else you got for the show? No, nah, that was it, man. You know, Lord, man, I've been subscribing there for two years. Woo! You know, the show is fire. The show is fire. And, you know, how about them Cowboys, Law? Man, appreciate them giving you a war call, man. Shout out to you, man, for two years, man. Shout... Long time. Yeah. Yes, D. Salute, bro. This is Sparta! Good call, good call, man. Oh, I'm about to cut it down to four minutes. My bad, Cowboy Nation. But, man, he, he brought in some good juice. And, you know, when it's juice, you mean, you got to let the man speak. Call back in. I see you calling in. 682-214-4087. I'm going to put the timer on there. You guys know I'm a good old country guy, so when people start calling, it's be like one of those things where I let them speak. 571. What's good? Hey, what's up, Long? How you doing, bro? Oh, man, it's your world. It's your world. Hey, man, I just want to say I've been listening to your show for the longest. It's dope. And uh, I'm originally from New York. My brother, he's a Jets fan. Mm-hmm. My uh, cousin, he's a Giant. And the team that was winning in the 90s, because I'm 32. I was a kid. So, oh, wow. you know, the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And then, so everybody thinks I'm from Texas, because my favorite team is the Rockets, because Hakeem Olajuwon was my favorite player growing up. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to be the naysayer today. And here's why. Here's why. I don't mm-hmm. want nobody to come at me. Oh, man, this guy. And I'm motivation theory on uh, YouTube. I've been following your channel for the longest. Mm-hmm. I don't dislike Dak. I don't. 
I love mm-hmm. them. I love them. But it was too many games that I've seen this past year that I'm like, bro, you got to make that throw. You mm-hmm. got to make that throw. I remember it was one against the Saints. I think we lost 10 to 12. 10 to 12, I yeah. think he missed, was it Cobb or, or Gallup? Somebody in the back of the end zone. But it's like those key moments, like, you have to make them because we need those. You know what I mean? Right, right, and right. Then, and then uh, I think it was uh, New England. Mm-hmm. 13, I think the final score was like 13 to 9. I'm like, bro, that's three field goals. Like, we got to find a way to get in the end zone. You have to find a way to get in the end zone. Right, right, And then right. it was another game. Philly, we had we had no business losing to Philly. Me and you was at receiver for Philly that day. Like, no <laughs> business losing to Philly whatsoever. I'm like, bro, I mean, it's some games I can blame on the coach. Maybe that Minnesota game where we went back-to-back with Zeke at the end. I'm like, huh? Mm-hmm. Or the Chicago game where we didn't even come out ready. I give that to the coach. But this league, you know how it is. It's all predicated to the quarterback. It's, it's, it's a quarterback winning, league. Yeah. You get all, yeah. If you're winning, they give you all the praise. If you're losing, you won't. You know you're going to get hell to pay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what they're seeing – I like Dak. I think he's going to get better. But sometimes I'm like, ah, I'm scratching my head. Like, is he really that dude? Because that's what I think. <laughs> but let me ask you this, and I and I got to pull it out just for some, for some objectivity on the call. And I and I love the fact that you pointed out those particular games, the Philadelphia Eagles game. Hey, Sean, call back, man. I'm, uh, just give me a few seconds, Sean. And I see Sean calling in. Uh, <clears throat> my thing is with – this particular situation with Dak Prescott, that mm-hmm. that that Saints game, yeah. I know that those type of situations happen to a lot of teams. The fumble with Jason Witten, you know, that we, we, we would say, hey, that's just part of the game. Good play by the defense. The fumble yeah. with Ezekiel Elliott. Elbow imprinted into the ground, you know, and then Roger Goodell, mm-hmm. maybe whoever that's up there in New York said, no, it was a fumble. Elbow wasn't yeah. down. Ball started coming yeah. out before the – whatever, they, they come up with that. And I know mm-hmm. I sound just like an apologist. You know, I'm sitting there like, hey, man, you know, you're making up all of these excuses because at the end of the day, who had the most points is what matters, right? And the two, oh, yeah, of course, and the two of pass interference calls and a missed field goal, all of those things in that particular game was a contribute to reasons why Dak Prescott lost that game. I will say mm-hmm. this, though. The Philadelphia Eagles game, could Dak play it a little bit better? Yes. I will say the Eagles won fair and swear. Nevertheless, the first touchdown that was given up was Jordan Hip Pocket Lewis on Dallas Godard. Wouldn't you, if you was Carson Wentz, or even if you was the quarterback for the Eagles, wouldn't you go with that match? Did you go with that mismatch right there? Oh, I mean. Th- that was the difference maker, mostly, majority of the game almost. And when we finally got into the red zone, money zone, green zone, Ezekiel Elliott tapped his helmet. He got out. They put the young kid, Tony Pollard. I love him. But they run a, a, a sweet play to the weak side, and he fumbles the ball. And they're in yeah, their side of the that. 20. You know, ball. he fumbled the ball. That was the that, those were two pivotal moments. Xavier yeah. Woods playing volleyball that day. Carson Wentz gave him the ball for a pick six, said, Hey, here you go. You know. <laughs> and yeah. 
Xavier Woods the ball right in his hands, and he said, "Like let's let play volleyball with it. I don't want to. I don't want this ball. Hot potato." Robert Quinn, if you look back at the game in the fourth quarter, had a chance. Strip, strip, fat, strip, sack, or what have you. Knocked the ball mm-hmm. out of Carson Wentz's hand. Fumbled the ball, and they sitting there looking at it like, "Oh, who want to jump on this ball?" Carson Wentz said, "Okay, yeah. I do. <laughs> I'm, I, I came to play, and that was on our side <laughs> of the field." So. If all of those, like if those three situations, did not occur, Cowboys beat the Eagles, and I know, I know the Eagles fans are gonna be like, "Nah, dog, we will still find a way to win." Or if the Cowboys beat the Vikings, or if the Cowboys beat the Saints, we would still have Jason Garrett to this day. What would you feel about this? Or do oh, you no, think no, no, that? No, no. Don't get me wrong. I did not want him. No, I, no. It was hey. It was a blessing. It was a blessing in disguise. Right. Because I know I went on a rant. I'm like, yo, Dallas, go ahead and just lose the rest of these games so we can get rid of Garrett. So I'm with you. But but, but let me ask you this: If we win those yeah. games, would your view of Dak Prescott be different? Would you look at it and say, oh, okay, no. give him the forty mil, give him give him forty five? Because what would our record would be if we beat the Minnesota, if we beat the uh, Saints, if we beat we the Eagles? We would have finished ten and six. Ten and I six. Think so finished ten and six. Would you be like, okay, give him forty, give him forty five? Would you say that? <laughs> it would be kind of hard because because then you would look at it and say, hey. Would it be three times out of the last four years the Cowboys made it to the playoff? Uh, we made it the first year, 13-3. The second year, we didn't make it. The third year, we it, it, made it. It would have been yeah. three times yeah. out of four years he made three it to the playoffs. And then on top of that, it, you know, Jerry would be like, man, my son. <laughs> my son in the last <laughs> three, in the last four years, three times he made it to the playoff. We can go fire everybody on the defensive side, but my son, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just and how I think it goes, a lot of man. people, we don't, we don't, we don't. And again, I, I don't dislike Dak. I like him. I think he's going to get better. But a lot of fingers don't get po- uh, point, pointed towards the defense because the defense be wetting the bed a lot. Yeah, yeah. Defense win championships, and, and and look, it's hard to beat a team with a good running game and good defense. I, I, yeah. I I'm I'm a firm believer. I, I I know a lot of people love the the ball that's been thrown in air, but if you can run the ball good and play good defense, boy, you can go a long way. Oh, if you yeah, think I'm course, lying, the Forty Nineers went all the way to the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh yeah. It was what one game. He only threw six passes. Six passes. Hey, all three of you running backs, y'all running. Yeah, well, I'm with you, and I, and I do want that to get. Look, I just read up in the Navy for six years, so trust mm-hmm. me, I wasn't going to do it for one year. I got a family to feed, so I understand. Mm-hmm. Get that man his money, but this forty five, fifty million talk. I'm like, bro, you're not Mahomes. <laughs> Hold on now. Hold on. Hold on. And everybody want to talk about, oh, well, Mahomes got weapons. Well. Thank the GM and and Andy Reid. That's their job. They went and got the key players for his for his quarterback. You can't hate on that. Can't, can't, I definitely can't hate on that. And and uh, Mahomes got there after a Tyreek Hill and after uh, uh, what you call that guy Travis uh, Kelsey. So, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, he yeah, said he said yeah. one year behind uh, Alex Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else you got for the show? Oh man, uh, I just want hey man, I just want to say I love the show. Uh, I don't know how you came up on my YouTube channel, but I was like, yo, this dude is dope. So I've been following you ever since then. 
And then, oh, yeah, one more thing. I'm calling from Maryland. I'm stationed in Maryland. I'm about to go out to San Diego, me and my family, because uh-huh. uh, I said I'd read up six more years in the Navy. So. Wow. Um, and also, hey, one question before I leave. Where did you get that little music at the beginning, bro? I love that music. It's that All little, right. hey, <laughs> Yeah, hey. yeah. I'm, I'm like, yo, I kept messaging. I'm like, yo, where is that? Is that on iTunes? Is something? I need that. Talk about that right here. All right, so that music was sent to me, and the guy that sent it to me, he literally said, you know, unknown artist. And I'm not trying to, but feel free if you can catch a piece of it. If you want to download it yourself, feel free to use it, man. It's it's free music for anyone. Uh, And then all of my other soundtracks, I get it from Epidemic Sounds or, you know. Okay. Yeah, that's where I get all of my uh, tracks from or what have you. Oh man, I just I love that music, man. I'm like, yo, that's on your spot. <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate you, fam. Really appreciate hey, you. Appreciate you, man. Thank hey, you for calling safe, in for the, some objectivity. Hey, no problem. Salute, bro. Oh, no problem. Word. Yeah. This is Sparta. Yes, Wade, you're now Wade calling. Wade, call back, man. Wade, Wade, I, I I see you calling in. I hope that's your name. Uh, that's what my call ID says. So six eight two two one four four zero four six nine. What's on your mind? Hey, what's up, law man? I've been calling to you and hey, been having people on, but hey, man, I've been listening to you for about two years now. And it's my first time, you know, what I'm saying reaching out to you. Man, really appreciate, appreciate it. the show, man. I appreciate the fire show, fire show. Me and my boys, I always check you out. Man, appreciate but check it. this out, man. Me and my me and my homie, we've been arguing mm-hmm. for the last probably twelve years over the Cowboys. Probably since Romo took over real good mm-hmm. up until now, and we gonna argue because our way was on the mindset of the Cowboys really don't know what to do when it comes to the quarterback position. I mean, mm-hmm. since I was in the eighth grade, I watched us go through pitchers, Ryan Leaf, Quincy Carter, and we traded two first round picks. But Joey Galloway, knowing we needed a quarterback. Mm. Like, so, and we went out looking for pitchers saying, oh, well, we don't need those picks. We'll just draft a pitcher. You know, and, well, we'll, we'll just, we'll turn this guy into something and we'll turn that guy into something. And not knowing, like, you turned into 5 and 11 three years in a row. Right. You know, like, we had one Pro Bowl. Larry Allen was the only player we had in the early 2000s. Now, fast forward to now, we're still doing the same thing as far as the quarterback position. Like, how do we get so stuck up? to where we're going to ask a guy, oh, no, you're not worth this. You know, like we've been scouting the quarterback position great, you know, for the past 20 years. The only thing we've drafted is Stephen McGee, and we don't have nothing to show for it. Like, we don't have a quarterback worth a Dan and Yoga commercial. Mm-hmm. We've, we haven't <laughs> even had a quarterback. Jerry talking about, you know, be grateful for being a Cowboy quarterback. Uh, John Kidner was a quarterback. Cal Orton was a quarterback. Castle and Brandon Wheaton, who throws a beautiful deep ball. I remember Jerry told us all that. So if just so if that's if it's that easy, Jerry, then go out and find you one. But you know he knows it's not that easy. But that's why mm-hmm. he does this. And he like so sign him up, sign him up, and wrap your arms around it. It took you eleven games in a row for the first year, and he still never fully wrapped his arms around Dak. I really don't think that Dak is his. I think he really he feels like he can find something better or find something more marketable, or find something that can, you know, be of a, a excite, more exciting player 
I think that's really what the because the Cowboys are brand they're brand driven. You, and I, you, I, and, you, you watch uh, and I always love to do movie reference or uh, TV show reference. You ever watch Law and Order? No, I don't. I don't. I don't remember sports, man. You remember sports? Well, well, <laughs> yeah. I just had to tell people this. Uh, or have you ever heard of like serial killers? Right. Yeah. Sometimes they get to start killing and they do some horrendous stuff, but over a period of time they become sloppy with it. And right. what happened here is sometimes your success can be your failure, meaning that that Super Bowl that was won with Barry Switzer. Right. Jerry's success became his failure because he all of a sudden, I'm, I'm not calling Jerry Wayne a serial killer. <laughs> I don't want people to right. take my words lightly <laughs> on that or get confused. But what I'm trying to say is he became sloppy in a sense, or he became, oh, this is something that I've done, you know, uh, right. from, from a from a biblical aspect, he became like Nebuchadnezzar, you know, uh, he stood right. upon uh, a, a big providence and he looked over and said, this is what I've done. And the, the scripture contextualized it and they turned him into a beast that grew fangs and had to live out in the wilderness, in the woods. Jerry Wayne Jones, when he pretty much reached out to Barry Switzer and they won the Super Bowl, was his biggest downfall because he began to say to himself, this is what I've done. This is what I'm able to do without Jimmy Johnson. But the people reminded him and said, you know what? You didn't do this. And he's like, whoa, 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 come again. You didn't do this. Those people that won the Super Bowl, old players, I meant to say, that won the Super Bowl were still Jimmy Johnson's, you know. <laughs> right, so that's right. when he went through that spell of hiring all of his buddies. And the first person uh, that, that allowed him to, to, to look at it from a different angle was Bill Parcells. The investors in the area were saying, we're not going to give you this stadium. The money for that stadium, <laughs> but, exactly. And I've argued yeah, that for those all people, the time. Yeah, I'm yeah. crazy for arguing that. He didn't want to hire no Bill Parcells. <laughs> exactly. He needed Bill Parcells to get back to – he knew Parcells could make this team, at worst, a playoff team. Yeah, and the he investors to be comfortable. Worse. Yeah, so that's what he needed. You, we wasn't getting marketed. You go on five and eleven, and your game is on at noon when people still at church. That ain't what Jerry wants. Mm -mm. He wants those flex games. He wants those games to be taking advantage of those flick, those flex slots. And I mean, so he he knows that we need the, the, the quarterback position. But mm -hmm. he's so I know he's gonna pay it. I just doesn't, I don't like the fact that like, I gotta have fist fights <laughs> at work every day <laughs> because everybody's telling me that Dak Prescott isn't worth it, and I'm like, dude, like I mean, Jason Garrett wasn't worth that money for ten years, mm -hmm. but we wrapped our arms around him. We knew Dak Prescott was playing. Jason Garrett spoiled probably real life two or three good Super Bowl teams. <laughs> you you he speak got the chance to do that. Yes, man, I'm sitting here looking at this. He wasted, I know 14, 13 we was, we was real good. 14, uh -huh. I know we was a Super Bowl team. And 16, I know we was a Super Bowl team. And Jason Garrett, because he's the, he's the golden son, you know, and 
So you like you, like you said, going back to that Barry Swiss situation, Jerry thinks that you know whoever I sprinkle my Jerry juice upon, you know they'll come win it. Like that ain't Jerry. That ain't how it go, man. It's a lot. It's a fifty-three players out there working, and they got to be a well-oiled machine. Let me sprinkle this on your mental too. Let me sprinkle this on your mental. We are living in shambles, right? We, we we are living in the fact that, man, this is purgatory. Neither heaven nor hell with this situation. Right. But Jerry, within the last 25 years, calcu- calculate this right quick. Within the last 25 years, he gets a $3.2 billion stadium bill in his name, right? On top of that, they get a workout facility, $2.5 billion with a B. On top of that, this is him. Alt revenue is at an all-time high. To put the cherry on the top, he's inducted to the Hall of Fame Hall before of, the person that won Jimmy. the Super Bowl <laughs> that coached the game. Look, let me repeat. He inducted to the Hall of Fame before oh, the person man. that coached the game, Jimmy Johnson. And on top of that, if you really look at it, the TV deals and everything from A to Z. Oh, we've been we we've been talking about hey man we in shambles Cowboy Nation we've been fighting a good fight but Jerry he done got him a yacht to add to the spices mm. of that and he got <laughs> he got a Jerry helicopter all of these things we might be living oh, in poverty but Jerry looking at it like man they they could talk whatever they want to talk but my <laughs> philosophy my way they got me a chopper they got me a yacht they got me. Two stadiums built basically because the star of Frisco, you might as well call that a stadium. It all in my name. <laughs> and I'm in the Hall of Fame. Woo. <laughs> hey, I just want to leave with this one right here, though. Like this, and all that you just said about how, how, how you know the network of teams went up, Jake. Mm-hmm. I, since 2009, I got, I still got my keychain. I'm every time I get a new key set, I move my keychain. I ain't spent a dime. With Jerry Jones, wow. I so bad want to go to a game, man. Those mm. Dak jerseys look so good. My last thing I bought was a Cowboy keychain and a To jersey. Wow. It was probably wow. eleven, twelve years ago, man. And they, and they hurt it. people. I've been called fake fan. I don't been called, but personally, to me, just personally, I can't mm. give my money. I can't give my money to it man I know like right? I be seeing yo, yo, your gear is tight you know what I'm saying like everybody I see everybody you know what I'm saying with that, that, that shit look good dog. yeah uh, I want to go out and I want to but I can't now where you, you gonna pay Jason Gary with it or you gonna drop a yacht on me you know what I'm saying you gonna drop a yacht on me you ain't I just want to go to an NFC super that's what I always say NFC championship game uh-huh. just get in it that's uh-huh. all I ever said that's yeah. all I ever said. And, then, and if it can't deliver that, man, I can't spend a dime, dog. I feel you, fam. Yeah. But somebody spent it. And look, just, just, just to put cherry on that before you go, it's $150 just to park. Park, man. <laughs> just to park to get into the game. <laughs> if, you wanna, if you don't want to do all that walk action. <laughs> It's a hundred, yeah. uh, and this is this is Walmart parking lot. A hundred and fifty dollars. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna park somewhere else. I'm gonna Uber in. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but all right, fam. I really appreciate you, bro. All right, man. Keep it up, man. I'm gonna listen to you all the time, dog. Salute. This is Sparta. Antoine, man. I saw you call Antoine. Antoine, call back, man. Call back, man. The line is open now. Oh my goodness, man. Uh. Hey, he spoke nothing but the truth, and he spoke on things that we are going through, you know, as it relates to this team. 
collectively speaking. <laughs> JJ just loved the hype. This is from my girl, Jessica. Really appreciate you. Dak is our quarterback. Yes, Jessica. Really appreciate you, man. We got eight, four, seven. What's good? Hello? Yeah, you're live on the nation. Talk hey. to me, man. D-Law, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Good, D-Law. Uh, my name is Joe. I'm calling from Illinois. I'm a huge Cowboys fan, D-Law. Okay? Uh-huh. I, I, got, I got a Dak jersey. I got a Zeke jersey. I'm, I'm a big Cowboys fan. But with this Dak situation, first of all, let me ask you a question. You think it'll get done before July 15th? I think it, I think it would. Okay. What's going to be the outcome? I mean, for, what's it going to be? Four years? Five years? What's it going to be? I think it's going to be a 37 mil. Uh, I think that they're going to meet right at the at, at market uh, of four years. What's the guaranteed? What's the guaranteed? Uh, from from a better man, about one ten to one fifteen mil. Okay, here's what I think. I think mm-hmm. I think they're going to go that way. Four years, uh, one hundred and ten million, fully guaranteed. He'll be on par with Jared Goff, and that's what he. But the thing is, Odile, that's what he wants. He's, mm-hmm. I mean, if the Cowboys come that way, that, I think that's the latest offer on the table now, a five-year, 110 fully guaranteed. Now, Dak says, Dak's team, if they go four years, boom, he'll sign it tomorrow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. what, what's the big deal? What, what's the big deal, Jerry yeah. Jones? I mean, you know, could, but could you imagine if this was Andy Dalton asking for this much money? I wonder what the <laughs> Dak haters hater would say, D-Law. Well, sign him. Sign him. Since they're drooling and salivating over their golden boy, seriously, what if this was that Andy Dalton asking for that much money? Would they call him greedy? Nah, no. Nah, just... No. I mean, really? Come on. This is ridiculous. Uh, you know, I'm a Dak fan. But, yeah, and let's not forget, this is the Dallas Cowboys, D-Law. They love the publicity. They, remember Zeke? Well, Zeke who? We got mm-hmm. Tony Pollard. We're not going to reset the running back market. We're not going to make him the highest paid running back. What, what happened, D-Law? Well, they did it, and uh, this exactly. is this is this is another thing, right? Quick, um, sure, sure. We wouldn't be talking about Cowboys right now <laughs> if we went on ahead and paid Dak Prescott. We wouldn't be talking exactly. about this. this exactly. Uh, so it's bringing in drawing up numbers, and it it exactly. would not entice people to go out there and purchase a Andy Dalton jersey. So I think exactly. people are already purchasing Andy Dalton jersey. So that's all 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 revenues at all types exactly. of different angles. But they, you know? but they love to be in the news, D-Law. Mm-hmm. Again, with the, remember the, DeMarcus, the, the Marcus Lawrence issue? Well, mm-hmm. we're not going to pay him. This and, what ended up happening? They paid him. They paid him. <laughs> I mean, they love being in the news. Remember the Des Bryant fiasco several years back? You know, there were, there were words exchanged. You know, they did it right on the deadline. What happened? Mm-hmm. They paid. They paid them. <laughs> I mean, they love they love being in the news. But everybody yeah. says, "Well, real quick, well, Dak sucked because he went eight and eight. Okay, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Tony Romo went eight and eight for three years in a row when he got paid. Thanks, yeah. D-Law. Have a good day, my friend. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for calling there. Salute. This is Sparta. Yeah, I love I love my nickname D Law, but I was thinking that he was talking about T H E, the Law. You know what I'm saying? Not D Law, as in the uh, D Law that played for uh, this team. He was talking about T H E Law. That's how I looked at it. Did you guys look at it in the same way? Because he brought in some good points. Basically, he was saying that they're going to pay Dak Prescott. It's just that waiting game. <laughs> that waiting game, boy. Woo, that waiting game is crazy. You know. Yeah, the D for dominant. Yeah, appreciate it. Five one two. It's you. What's good? 
Hey, uh, hey, Law, this is, um, I just, the last caller that just called, he was right on point with that. I just wanted to kind of back up what he was just saying. Um, you know, I also watch uh, another uh, blogger uh, named Tom Downey. He does a chat sports, Dallas Cowboy News. And last week he actually put up the details from what Dak is asking for and the offer from the Cowboys, and they're pretty much, they had an agreement. Like like he, the man just said, he just wants a four-year contract. And everybody keeps talking about how he wants all this extra money, even like Skip Bayless is just, he <laughs> wants over 40 a million a year, and it's just all fake news. And, I, and, and it's come out. They've already confirmed that it was fake news spoken by Chris Sims. Now, I don't understand why people just keep saying he's asking for all this money, and he's not. Because people believe Skip Bayless, Shea Sharp, Stephen A. Smith more than us, Big Game James, Skywalker, Vodge Lombardi, or anybody else that speak Cowboys, they will believe them because they uh, got the validation, because they got the blue check marks. And that's just how it goes. But I tell a lot of people, validation is good, but it's only good for parking. And people like to park on what they have to say, opposed to going out there and watching the tape and going out there and listening to those that's really out here. Now, Skip Bayless, hey, it's a stick. I, I think that he got to try to sell up and, and build up revenue for his particular uh, organization that he works for. But when we look at it, you speaking the truth. Uh, it, it, it's not what they're asking for, and it's not what the general population think. And I think that Doc Prescott is not a uh, a guy that's going to want and be greedy. It's more so d- to do with everything as it relates to business, and that's just just a, that's just how it goes. Yeah, I mean, and look, based on what I. Over the few years that I, we've gotten to get to know Dak Prescott as a man, as a kid, he just don't seem like that type to me. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, he seemed like a humble, smart kid. Like he And he grew up, his mama was a Cowboy fan. I, I don't think he's just that type of person to just be going way over the top asking for that, for that kind of money, you know. Uh, I think it's, at the end of the day, it's a negotiation. He's going... Uh, his agent is going to have him get as much as he can, but not, not again, not be greedy. And, and if you look at it, the facts, facts are he he's he's got a psych major. The the kids he you know is a smart kid and he wants to go back to get his doctorate when his football career is over. So I wouldn't want anybody else. I mean that's just that's intelligence and 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 that just shows what kind of character he has. And that's the kind of person I want leading my team. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's the guy that you want to lead your team. That's the guy that you want to uh, to be able to say, okay, I would rather have him fighting for me opposed to Dak Prescott going to another team fighting for them. And the low-hanging fruit would be, well, look at the uh, – Cur- oh, was, it? was it not Curves and Wins, Kirk Cousins. You remember they were saying that he played on the franchise tag for two years in a row? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I want to ask you this. What did the Washington team do since they let Kirk Cousins go? How 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 they been doing, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, how they been doing? well, they, you know, Mark Holmes calls them the a dumpster fire. They've kind of been that for uh, quite a while, you know. And actually, uh, watching Mark Holmes and uh, the Joe Goose Sports Report is how I got turned on to your channel, Law. Oh, wow. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a few years. I actually, 
been watching you guys for a while, man. It's, it's uh, I learned, and we just, uh, my appreciation to you guys, because there's a lot about um, the, just, there's more to this, to this sport and to this team than, than what we see on the field. And you guys give us an opportunity to, to get that extra knowledge and just, you know, the field breakdown between uh, Vach Lombardi, um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and just uh, the things that you're doing with, uh, with uh, Skywalker Steel and, and Big Game James yeah. and giving us an opportunity to feel like, you know, like right now, me talking to you feel like I'm part of the team now, right you, now, you, you know. You, so You are, because think about yeah. this. We wouldn't have this type of flow without you all. Think about it. Next week, we're going to have George T. Patrick Creighton, you yes. see. Uh, on top of that, yes. we would have Cedric Wilson, you know, so that those three guys, those three guys alone can give us some, I guess, information that we don't have to make the speculations on. They can um, identify just, real real talk with us, you know. Man, it's just awesome to to, to be able to just watch and, and listen to these guys. Talk. It, feel, it just makes it more of a you know, it's like it's like going to a small church compared to a big church. It makes it makes it make, just make you feel like more of a family. Right. And uh, yeah, I just I, I really appreciate that, man. That just you know, I I grew up I grew up there in Dallas. I live in Austin now, but mm-hmm. I have never ever been to a Cowboy game. I remember as a kid going to field trips to mm-hmm. to, uh, to Texas Stadium. I met Randy White once as as a kid. Uh, they're working right. out during the off season, but uh, just hearing you guys bringing the players on and and having these conversations like y'all did with Darren Woodson, I thought that was oh, great. Yeah. That was y'all. Y'all seem like y'all been friends forever. Just that little conversation. He seems he's a good dude, and uh, man, I'm just so excited to be talking to you right now. Oh yeah, man! And just just continue to support this thing, man. We got people that to support this, this, these channels and support all of the underground Cowboys talk. And I really appreciate everybody, man, for adding their feedback. And, and we're, we're not, like, um, not open to feedback. We always want to open to feedback, you see. Now, some people be like, ESPN, they don't reach back to the people, right? Uh, NFL Network, they don't reach back to the people. But we no, do. No, never. And look at our comments on the screen there for crying out loud. Yeah. And think oh, yeah. about it. When we get Dez Bryant on the show, because he said he's thinking about it, Cowboy Nation. Yeah, I said it. Dez Bryant. So that means that he okay. at least watching the show. So okay. he's, he, he's thinking about it and saying, okay, I need to jump on the late night hype so that it would not be cut up into so many segments. And Dez Bryant is, is miscued or, or misheard or missaid about certain things, you know what I'm saying, that he say. And when Dez Bryant do come on the show, we will allow him to speak his mind. We will allow him. We will ask him the hard questions. We will ask him what he went through as it relates to playing under the Jason Garrett administration. It won't be that watered-down conversation for the nation. It will be the real raw uncut unfiltered live like 95 talk you know live like 95 i like yeah. it when y'all say that yes indeed baby <laughs> right on right on man it's been it's been a pleasure talking to you man and i just like again i just had to get in there and back up with the the car before me just said mm-hmm. about you know just we got to stop listening to all the fake news that's out there man right. just because someone says it we just gonna people just run away with that information and they don't like I said, that chat sports uh, with Tom Downey, yeah. he just a week or so ago, he put up the details. I and mean, yeah. I, I don't know if anyone else has done it. 
But the details to to the offers from from the Cowboys side and what Dak is asking for, and there's you know it looks so like for for the first year mm-hmm. they're offering twenty seven million and Dak's asking for twenty nine. Right. You know, and, it, and it's just like that for for five years. But the only thing is, is Dak just wants a four year contract, just like every other quarterback every other is getting quarterback. right now. Yeah, just yeah. like everyone else. Why got why he got to be different? You know, yeah. and and so it's it's you know. It, yeah. It's it's a lot different than what people out there saying. Yes, indeed, man. Good stuff, man. Appreciate you for calling in. All right, thank you, sir. Salute. This is Sparta. I like uh, Tom Downey and uh, Chat Sports, man. Uh, great show, great show. A four three. I know who this is. What's up, man? You're live on the nation. What's up, Antoine, man? What's good with you, man? Man, chilling, man, chilling. <laughs> Talk to me, man. How you feel about everything? I know, I know you're like, man, they gonna have days on the show, bro. <laughs> oh, you know, I gotta get on with that. Well, yeah, well, man, we uh, we still in, in, in negotiation part of it, and hopefully uh, he'll jump on and we'll get things going um, <clears throat> and these sort of things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, my thoughts on this thing, man. You know how I feel about that, whatever, but um. I think mm-hmm. we need to go ahead and fail, man, because uh, we need to uh, just stick with what we know best, man. Every other team got their quarterbacks, and they play how they play. And mm-hmm. Dak is good for our team, man. We don't need to be trying to be like everybody else because yeah. we, we can't do that. We got a great offensive line. We got a great running back, great wide receiver. Let's spend his money. Let's run it. Let's see if we win a Super Bowl. This 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 drawn out too long, man. Too long. It is. It it makes people angry. It makes people upset. It get people to uh, talk ill will of our team, and and people not on the same page. People not unified, and and I hate that split like the Great Divide. It just it's just not a good feel for us, man. It's aggravating now. Like y'all, we could have the, we could be the Redskins right now with a freaking broke up offensive line, a new player in every game. Mm-hmm. We could be like them, but we got to go to quarterback that can stay healthy. I mean, that's, that's just going to pay me his money, man. I'm mm-hmm. I'm just tired of it now. Yeah, I'm about, oh, my goodness. Hey, you remember that feeling, like, last year during that time? Like, everything we was talking to ourselves, like, man, it's got a good vibe, good feel. Man, why don't they just go ahead and pay Ezekiel Elliott so we can get this thing over with? Exactly. And they continue to, to uh, push this thing all the way through training camp, right? And what they yeah. fail to realize is that, yes, football is a business, but it's a family business as well. So mm-hmm. when they kept asking the players, hey, man, how do you feel about Ezekiel Elliott contract? How do you feel about Ezekiel Elliott contract? All of yep. the players said, man, I can't talk on a man about his money. But what it did to those guys like the Mike Webers and the uh, Tony Pollard and all those other guys that sweating out there in Oxnard was like, man, what, what am I running for? Why do I exactly. really need to pick up this offense and earn an extra day or learning something when all they're going to do is going to go ahead and pay Ezekiel Elliott or they saying that we are nothing without him and all of that stuff trickles down and people fail to realize that these people eat together, they go out and watch stuff like, like movies together, and they are family. But when you start selling and denigrating and splitting apart, people saying that he's not worth this. And all we know since 2016, just like we said, he's, Dak, Dak Prescott never had a losing season, as well as Ezekiel yeah, Elliott. Was, he never had a losing season. Winning. We <laughs> win. That's all that matters. We freaking winning. Right. And this other notion, everybody talking about Mahomes, this Mahomes, that. 
Man, if you really look at it, dog, Mahomes ain't really that what we ain't really that good, bro. He had his good coaching, and he got speedy receivers that can get open. Oh my goodness! Like you put him, look at the Super Bowl. He didn't play good that Super Bowl. The running back carried that team in the defense. So what? Yeah. Somebody, what's somebody gonna say? Mahomes won the Super Bowl or the Chiefs? Five years from now, they, 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 they five five to ten years from now, they would never know their running back that played football nope, for the never. for the Kansas City Chiefs. They they won't know uh, about the interception that occurred. Uh, Chris Jones batting down those balls, them creating pressure, causes Jimmy to uh, not go to the progressions and hit uh, Emmanuel Sanders that was wide, the world open. They will ne- they'll forget all about that. And the only thing that will, re- will, will remain there is Pat Mahomes and the coach. Uh, what's his name yep. again? What's his name? Uh, tip of my tongue. Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Guess what? Eric B. Enemy name is disappearing. As we speak, yeah, Airbnb well, yeah. was very a crucial part of making sure that that offense is is freaked the way it was freaking, you know. Yeah, we just, we just got to be grateful for what we got, man. We can't be like every other team trying to get a quarterback like everybody else. If it was that easy, everybody have Patrick Mahomes doesn't run around. Mm-hmm. That don't mean he great because he can run. That don't mean he great because he can run. Yes, indeed. Man, I'm going to make you the last call of the day, man. I got some things to do with my daughter. But hold on right quick before I uh, – flip that switch on this thing right here man but i always appreciate you uh for calling in because you always leave uh uh you know the objectivity out there you're not uh on all on one side of the argument you know or the or the debate and you keep everything fair and centered and you follow all of the platforms and when you reached out to me fam and said that hey you grinding now on your own business and i was a, a part of that man people fail to realize that is what this show need to be about, helping yeah. one of another to look at life differently and go out there on a limb to go forward with their dreams, hope, love, and adulations for the nation. Baby, I'm telling you, man, that, that did I something to me, that. fam. I appreciate it, man. You, you have a good one, man. You as well, man. Appreciate you. All right, Bubba. Salute. Give that man a war call, man. Uh, that's my dog, man. This is Sparta! Yeah, um, people, I really appreciate everybody for tuning in to the nation, man. I can't say this enough. Uh, we, we're grinding. We're doing things the right way, the best way. And uh, one day at a time, one movement at a time, brick by brick. I'm just going to go over those who made the support to the channel as it relates to donation that have grown the nation, as well as those who subscribe and share this information, man. I really appreciate you all. I can't say this enough. <laughs> L-O-V-E. Everybody. <laughs> Especially when you represent that silver and blue and staying true. And we don't fold up like lawn chairs, right? Two hours straight with no commercial break. Shout out to Nicholas Mims. Appreciate you for making the donation. Skeptical fan. Mr. Wright, man. Thank you for dropping $19.99 for your mind. uh, Just dropped another $1.99. Appreciate you. Coach D. Appreciate you, man, for dropping five in the super chat. Uh, A-S-M-O-D-E-U-S, man. (laughs) Asmodeus, I think that's how you say your name. Thank you for dropping $10. I am Sheep. Dog 45. What you know about Coke 45? <laughs> Shout out to you, man, for dropping $9.99 for your mind, man. Really appreciate you. Nicholas Mims, thank you for making the donation to help grow the nation. 
Charles, thank you for becoming a member. Derek, thank you for becoming a member. Skeptical fan, thank you as well. I really appreciate all of you guys' love and adulations for the nation. Don't forget about this too. For those who join the membership, we will have behind the scenes of Daryl Worley, you know, and we have behind the scene of LK, Luther Kirk. <laughs> the other day I messed over with his name. I was about to call him Luther Christian, you know, and everybody like, hey, 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 <laughs> it's Luther Kirk. And uh, we got some good things that's going to be around the corner. Uh, we're going to have the legacy. I'm talking about the legacy cowboy hour brought to you by Cowboys Experience uh, that where we go out there and we bring some of the old old schools in like the Tony Tolberts of the world to come jump on the show oh my goodness some of the old guys we working on an Emmett Smith we working on a Michael Irvin to come to the show and man I'm always with this belief thou shall decree a thing and it shall be established so we speaking these things out there to an existence so that we can get these guys out there, man. Uh, I really appreciate everybody, man. Don't forget to hit that like button. Share this content. Let a friend, neighbor, foe know where to go when they want to tune in to Cowboy Sports Talk and Beyond. Shout out to Tim Calhoun. Chris over there. Joyce on the Facebook. Kenny. Was it Kenny? Shout out to you. Spurrow. <laughs> Jessica. Brandon. Is it, what's your name over here? Salad, shout out to you, Lance Bell. Not related to uh, the other uh, Bell that was on his team. Let me know if you are. Uh, Jesse Perez, man, really appreciate you. And who else we have over here? Shout out time for your mind. Oh, I forgot to say this. I forgot to say this. Put down where you guys are from. That's always a major thing for me, knowing that I'm from Natchez, Mississippi. And shout out to the HBCU, D. Jackson State University, the greatest HBCU university in the world, right? Shout out to those, man, from Jackson, Mississippi, Jacktown, Get Down. And shout out to Incognito Revive. Really appreciate you. Noor, Noor, appreciate you. Rodney Ellis appreciate you man just a big loser appreciate you but you're a big winner in my heart cowboys fan 19 of 73 that's what i'm talking about shout out to you i got one more minute give me some fire emojis baby let me get some fire emojis man i got a couple more minutes before i go i got a couple more minutes before i get up out of here man let me see those fire emojis out there y'all know i gotta have some fire and desire for your mind let's go Turn my beat up a little bit more. Hey. Yeah. Y'all know it. I want to leave you guys with this saying. When you up against the struggles, meet it squarely face to face. Lift your chin, set your shoulders, plant your feet, and take a brace. When it's vain to try to dodge it, do the best that you can do, nation. Hold your head high, eyes through the finish. See this thing through. See this thing through. That's the quick version of it. Man, I appreciate everybody, man. Floyd with the $10 holla. <laughs> That's my dog, Floyd. Yeah. Yeah.
see the fire emoji. There we go, baby. There we go, baby. There we go. Here we go. We out. We out, baby. Stay safe, be safe. Yes, let's go. Oh, I forgot to say. And remember, you're listening to nothing but the best. Let's go. Peace.